Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, Calvin Timms. You can find me over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin. And this will probably be the last episode of the recaps for the season. I mean, my team is so bad that I can't come on here and actively give anybody any advice anymore because, you know, I just, I, I have to be a fraud. My team is just that bad. So, you know, I want to thank you guys for listening, but, uh, but that's it. Just kidding. I'm not giving up that easy. You thought you could get rid of me? Some of your toughest competition? <laughs> but in reality, I'm not because my team has been absolutely garbage. So we're going to jump right into last week's recap. And um, for some reason, the Matrix this week decided to not give my players any points. I don't know what happened there. I'm going to have to get to ESPN, uh, talk to them about their their programming with their app, you know, I, there's no way my team just didn't score any points. It's it's just definitely a, a miscalculation on ESPN's part. But uh, in the first matchup, Dan absolutely whooped me by a total of 120 points. Uh, he had 202 to my 85. Uh, didn't even break triple digits, which is pretty impressive. But uh, yeah, it was not a pretty week for me. So uh, here's hoping that in the coming weeks, my team can actually rebound. I will say I am pretty happy that my lowest scoring week on the season was against Dan's best scoring week of the season. So small victories, I guess I have to hope for those. But yeah, it was not a good week. So not not much to say there. Congratulations, Dan. I mean, when Tyreek Hill puts up 48 points, it's uh, it's pretty tough to lose. So yep, yep, yep. All right, in the second game of last week, we had Keelan versus Eric and... Eric was two and one. He ended up pulling out the victory, going three and one. A low score for him last week. You know, it's it kind of looking at the the points. Other than Ryan and Dan, everyone else kind of had a bad week for the most part. It felt like, but yeah, Eric only had one fourteen point seven to Keelan's ninety nine point four. I thought Keelan was going to be able to kind of pull out a victory out of the like a rabbit out of a hat, you know, he's just going to miracle his way to a victory this week, but Eric, he ended up pulling it out. So congratulations, Eric moves on to three and three. Uh, Keelan is now two or three and one, sorry. And Keelan is now two and two in the third matchup. Braden, the, uh, the battle of the winless <laughs> on the bottom of the standings, Braden versus Jim, both teams. zero and three Braden managed to Narrowly eke out the victory over Jim by a total of seven points, not even seven. It was 6.8 points. So it was a very, very close game between those guys. Austin Eckler ended up pulling it out for him in the end. Uh, Justin Herbert versus Austin Eckler for the win on Monday night. And Eckler just got the better of Herbert in this one. They didn't need to pass nearly as much. So yeah, Eckler just uh, ended up carrying him to a victory. But both teams definitely sort of rebounded and showed why they shouldn't be the bottom in the league. Only me, myself, and uh, I should be on the bottom of the standings at this point because my team is just that terrible. So um, we're going to have to have a conversation in the locker room this week before this week's matchup against Rick. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep that for behind closed doors. All right, in the fourth matchup, we had Rick going against Ken. Uh, Ken, the tank team, I mean the rebuild team is... 
The, his only victory on the season has been against me so far, which is great. The uh, the tanking team has beat the non-tanking team, um, but he ultimately lost to Rick in this matchup. Rick's team is doing pretty good. Uh, he's he's been putting up some pretty solid weeks every week. He's not killing anybody. He's not putting up a 200 week like Dan, but he's definitely not blowing it like my team has been. So he's been solid, and that's all you can ask for. Rick now goes to three and one. Uh, Ken is one and three. So. It's a uh, a battle of the bottom here here with me and Jim, but then closely followed by Keelan and Braden. So we'll see who can uh, ramp up over the next couple of weeks and move their way up into the top rankings, those pristine rankings with with Dan and Ryan up there at the top. And then in the last game, uh, James and Ryan, the battle of the undefeateds in that one. We had the Toilet Bowl and then we had the uh, Champions Bowl over here. James ultimately lost. He would have won against anybody else except for Ryan or Dan this week. He was the third highest, so he got a little bit of bad luck there. Ultimately, James goes down to 3-1. and one. He's tied with Rick. He's tied with Eric. And he's tied with Dan. Ryan is the only undefeated team left at this point, and he is a solid 4-0. Ryan's team has been pretty nasty so far. DJ Moore, Debo Samuel, Derrick Henry all making resurgences. I mean, Derrick Henry's been good for the last couple of years, don't get me wrong, but DJ Moore, the whole narrative around him was he wasn't able to score touchdowns. Well, uh, he forgot that was his narrative this year because that's all he's been doing is just scoring touchdowns. So congratulations to him. So, yep, Ryan at the top of the standings, and that I'll transition real quick over to the standings. Right now, number one overall is Ryan. Number two is still Dan, just based on points. I mean, points-wise, He's just behind Ryan in terms of uh, total points scored. Uh, number three is Eric. Number four is James. Number five is Rick. These are all the three win teams or better. Number six is Keelan at two and two. He's the only two and two. Number seven is Braden at one and three. Ken at number eight at one and three. Then Jim and myself at zero oh and four. Um, Jim is number nine and I am number 10. Last place, like I deserve. My team really needs to uh, start picking it up here in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully with the buys coming up in week six, I'll be able to have a chance of coming back this season. Now, this week on the waivers, you know, it wasn't uh, wasn't too exciting. There wasn't a, a ton of splash plays other than I found this kind of interesting. Ryan dropping 67 bucks to secure Dawson Knox, the tight end from Buffalo, to drop Cameron Bray. Um, I think Ryan might be a little worried about the health of his tight ends this weekend. But yeah, Dawson Knox for Ryan, he kind of went all out on him. Rick ended up gaining Brandon Bolden, the running back for New England, who's the uh, pass-catching James White role with James White out for the year. He ended up dropping the Bengals defense for them. Uh uh, Braden added Jamison Crowder after cutting him. Um, I was surprised to see Crowder on the waivers, but Braden ultimately got him back this week. And then Rick also sniped Taylor Heineke from me, dropped Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, Ben is pretty much retired, so might as well put him on the waivers where he deserves to be. But I was hoping to get Taylor Heineke and uh, ultimately did not get him because Rick stole him from me. I put a decent, I think I put a $10 bid on him. Rick went all the way up to 15, so congratulations to Rick for sniping that away from me. was really hoping to get him, but congratulations. Hopefully Heineke falls off a cliff and uh, never gets to play again. 
Uh, we'll see that going forward since I play you this week. It's definitely this week. Uh, if he could just be driving towards a cliff and just, you know, hit a banana peel and just go flying right off, I, I wouldn't complain too much. But uh, then Braden ended up adding Max Williams, the tight end from Arizona. He James dropped Matt Breida, the Buffalo running back, who I don't think he's had a snap this year. So that's been great. And then my only move on the week that I actually managed to get was after the waivers ran because Rick decided to snipe me on Taylor Heineke. And I figured out the reason why I'm 0-4. And if you go back to when the Cleveland Browns drafted in Baker Mayfield, they were they were showing some signs that year that Baker was a rookie, but they were still garbage that year. So that's very important to point out because that was the last year that my team did really well during the regular season and not in playoffs was the year that Baker did terribly. And ever since that year, Baker's been turning around. He's been looking better. The Browns have been getting better. And I'm pretty sure the reason why I'm doing terrible right now is because the Browns have been doing really well. Baker's been siphoning the talent away from my team to give it to the crappy Cleveland Browns. And yeah, he's just been stealing my wins. So I had to cut him, you know, cut the curse out of my team and Baker has been dropped to the waivers. If you guys want to go get him, feel free, but you guys can have the curse. I don't want the curse anymore. It's your guys' curse. And I ended up adding A.J. Green just to rub the salt in the wounds of Dan when I play him this week and he gets like 120 points. So, you know, had to do it. You know, just got to move on from the curse. But yeah, ended up dropping Baker Mayfield for A.J. Green this week. So hopefully, like I said, Things are going to start turning around now that I don't have a curse weighing my team down, stealing all my talent, but we'll see how it ultimately ends up going. And you know what they say, this year's 0-4 is just last year's 0-3. That's what everybody's been saying, right? I, I, I've heard that around. I, I, I think, I, I, I can't confirm that, but uh, yeah, this year's 0-4 is last year's 0-3, so no need to freak out just yet, I hope. Hopefully I can make a comeback, make playoffs. Not holding my breath, though. All right, so this weekend, the fantasy matchups, I am going against Rick. And projections, like the Mayan calendar, are always correct. So uh, I should win this one because I'm projected to win 134 to 127. We got Daniel Jones for myself going against Derek Carr. Daniel Jones is going up against Dallas. You know, it's a pretty good defense so far this year, but it's a divisional game. And Daniel Jones has actually been really freaking good this year. And I just want to point out, Daniel Jones, if anything, he's kind of like Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold just had two rushing touchdowns against the Dallas Cowboys last week. So I'm just going to put this out there, willing it into existence. I got to take down Rick, hopefully. I mean, Rick's trying to smother me out over here. So I got to fight for my right to live over here in this matchup. So Daniel Jones, all I'm asking for is three rushing touchdowns and maybe two passing. That's all I want. I'm not asking too much over here. Uh, he's got Derek Carr going up against Chicago. Chicago's defense has been a little bit hit or miss. It's kind of hard to say who's going to be better this week, but I got to go with my boy Daniel Jones. He's got the rushing upside. Derek Carr does not. And Chicago has the ability to get pressure on the quarterback. And if you get pressure on Derek Carr, he just crumples like a sack of potatoes. Now running back, uh, Dalvin Cook for myself and DeAndre Swift versus Najee Harris and Javante Williams. Javante Williams has not been that good, but he's not been bad. He's been okay. The problem with Javante Williams is just that him and Melvin Gordon are literally doing like a 50-50 timeshare in this back 
backfield, and that's not great. But Najee has been amazing. These two actually play each other this Sunday. It's Pittsburgh versus Denver. I think that this will be a difficult matchup for both. Uh, Pittsburgh has a very good run-stopping defense. So does Denver. Um, We'll see what Najee does. I mean, he had 19 targets, what, two weeks ago? So he could just absolutely gash me through the air. I don't think that Denver's run blocking is going to be what I'm nervous about in this one. But, yeah, we'll see how he ultimately shakes out this week. And then on my side, I guess the biggest question is, are my two running backs healthy? I, I have no idea. If Dalvin Cook can actually play and be useful in a game, that would be nice. He had a good week one and a okay week two, but he's been just awful ever since because of the injury, the ankle injury that he got. And then DeAndre Swift has been a little just inconsistent. It depends if he gets like 10 targets or not. Uh, last week, I think he had six targets, but he did absolutely nothing with them. Uh, these two players also play each other this weekend, but uh, Minnesota versus Detroit. I think that it'll be both defensives. Both defenses have struggled a little bit this year. So I think this could be a little bit of a sneaky high flying score in this game. So we'll see how that shakes out, which running back pair that play each other is going to ultimately be the better matchup. Now, wide receiver, I have Keenan Allen and Chris Godwin. Oh, and this was the other thing. I did not mention this. I forgot on Friday, I made a trade and I knew this trade would look bad on paper, especially after this last weekend because of the positive matchups. But I ultimately traded Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Robert Woods to James for Chris Godwin and Chuba Hubbard. And Robert Woods and Clyde Edwards-Alaire had very, very good games. Godwin and Chuba did not. They were okay, but not great. Um, But I knew that this trade would look terrible after week one. This is the week that I actually want to see what these guys can do. Hopefully, I can get a rebound in this game, but we'll see. So this week, Going at wide receiver, I got Chris Godwin going against Miami and Keenan Allen against Cleveland. That's going to be an interesting matchup. The Rams have been pretty good. Cleveland's run blocking has been amazing, and their their front four has been legitimately terrifying. Miles Garrett has just been having himself a season. He's on track already to become Defensive Player of the Year. So we'll see how that goes. I think that they might have to pass quite a bit in that game to get anything going on offense. And then Rick has Tyler Boyd and Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley has been mediocre so far this season, uh, but it is against the Jets, so we'll see how that shakes out. I think that he could be just fine. I actually expect this to be a bounce-back week for Calvin Ridley, um, so I think he'll be just fine. And then Tyler Boyd, he's kind of hit or miss as well. When he gets a ton of targets, he's really, really good, but if he doesn't get all the targets, if they go to T. Higgins or uh, Jamar Chase... And that's the one thing. I think T. Higgins was out last week and the week before. This week he should be back, so that might limit Tyler Boyd's upside just a little bit in this game. So overall, on paper, I give the advantage to my two wide receivers, but it's a lot closer. It's probably like 55-45. Calvin Ridley and Tyler Boyd could definitely surprise this week, and Keenan Allen could be, um, I mean, he could have seven targets for 40 yards, so it, it would be an okay week, but... It could also be very disappointing. So um, wide receiver, I give the slight edge to my two guys, but it's very, very close. Tight end, I am starting Kyle Pitts versus his Jainu Smith. Jainu against Houston, that's a very, very plus matchup. Kyle Pitts against the Jets. We're still waiting for that breakout game from Kyle Pitts, but it is coming. He has 26 targets through four games. He is just 
eating up the targets on this offense. He just needs to actually have a breakout game where he has over 100 yards and a touchdown. So that will come. He's too athletic for it not to happen, um, especially with the target share. So I, I do love to see that. But yeah, on the flip side, Jonu Smith, very, very positive matchup in this one. Now, Flex, I am going to be starting uh, C.D. Lamb and Chuba Hubbard. Uh, C.D. against the Giants and Chuba against Philly. Philly has a good run-blocking defense, but I'm hoping that this week they're not going to get so far behind in this matchup. Uh, the biggest problem last week is Dallas was up like two scores almost the entire game, so neither C.D. Lamb was needed nor Chuba Hubbard because they had to just play down-the-field passing attack the entire game to come back in that game. So I think that Carolina might take a little bit of an earlier advantage in this game. Chuba might have more carries, a couple more targets, and maybe he won't get sniped for two touchdowns by Sam Darnold this week. So I, I do like the upside there. It, it'll all depend if Christian McCaffrey is back, though. If he comes back, I'm definitely going to pivot to someone else, maybe uh, Dallas Goddard, um, Kenny Gainwell, Allen Robinson, ugh, maybe. But we'll see it there. And then Rick's two flex are Marvin Jones, which is looking very good after the DJ Chark injury and Jacoby Myers for the Patriots. Jacoby Myers is just a PPR monster so far. He just has not gotten a touchdown since he's been in the NFL, which is crazy. I mean, I think he has, he's like on pace for like 150 targets or catches with no touchdowns, which is just absolutely astronomically crazy. So, um, yeah, I do like my two guys in this, in this matchup, but they have been a little bit disappointing so far this season. Marvin Jones could definitely carry his flex in this matchup. So we'll see how that shakes out. Like I said, I'm fighting for my life over here against Rick. Hopefully this week uh, the fantasy gods will have a little bit of, of leniency on me and they'll resuscitate me. They'll use the paddles, uh, clear, boom, and just bring me back to life for at least one more week, you know, before they ultimately just snuff me out. But yeah, it's going to be a good one. We'll see who ultimately shakes out as the winner. Now, in the second matchup, we got Keelan versus James. Uh, Keelan 2-2, two and two, James is 3-1. and one. Based on projections, Keelan is projected to absolutely murder James in this one. We'll see how that goes. But uh, for the quarterbacks, we got Patrick Mahomes for James versus Lamar Jackson for Keelan. Lamar versus Indy and Mahomes versus Buffalo. Definitely an easier matchup for Lamar, but I am not scared of Buffalo's defense in this one. Uh, Kansas City is at home, so that is also a, a benefit. So we'll see how that shakes out. But this is a very, very coin flip at the quarterback position. Both of these guys could go nuclear, and I just don't know who to put my money on in this one. So I'll call it a 50-50 draw right there. Now, running backs, Keelan, I don't know how he's favored, but... His two running backs definitely scare me a little bit here. He's got Cordero Patterson for the Atlanta Falcons, who has been a, an absolute monster so far through the season. But he's also got Chris Carson, who might not play tomorrow night, which if he doesn't play, I think Keelan might be in a lot of trouble. His his next option at, at running back is not looking too good. He's got Zach Moss, Mike Davis. It's nothing... Chris Carson worthy in terms of starter. So it's definitely a big hit to his starter. So we'll see if he can, uh, if he can pull through there. But on the other side, James has the newly acquired Clyde Edwards, Alaire and Aaron Jones, uh, Clyde against Buffalo. That's a very tough matchup. We'll see if Clyde can be productive in that one. Uh, Buffalo's defense against the run has been extremely good so far this season. 
And then Aaron Jones against Cincy, not a scary matchup at all. Green Bay should just wipe the floor with Cincy in this game, so we'll see how that goes there. I definitely give the advantage there to James at the running back position. Wide receiver, now this is where it gets a little interesting. Uh, we got Deontay Johnson and Jamar Chase for James versus Terry McLaurin and Tyler Lockett for Keelan. Terry McLaurin has been a target monster ever since Taylor Heineke has become the starter over there in Washington. And Tyler Lockett, he has his good weeks and his bad weeks. Um, Tyler Lockett is against the Rams, though. It all depends, again, who Jalen Ramsey decides to just completely shut down. I think that it could be DK Metcalf in this one. I think, if I remember right off the top of my head, they do have a little bit of a rivalry between the two of them. Um, so I think that that could be the one that Jalen Ramsey locks up this entire game, which unlocks Tyler Lockett and lets him go nuclear in this game. He might have two touchdowns just like he did a couple weeks ago. So we'll see there. Terry McLaurin, again, PPR monster. It is against New Orleans. Um, they do, Marshawn Lattimore can lock a guy down. We'll see if he's successful or not. I don't know if it really matters too much where, on James' side, he's got Deontay Johnson against Denver. Should be fine because Big Ben just likes to hyper-target Deontay Johnson. And then Jamar Chase against Green Bay. The question is, who is Jair Alexander, the lockdown? He's like the number one corner in the NFL right now for Green Bay. Is he going to line up on Tyler Boyd? Is he going to line up on uh, T. Higgins or Jamar Chase? I could see him be on literally any of these three options. It's hard to say off the top of my head, so that it w- that does make me a little nervous there. Now, again, tight end, James is just absolutely bleeding to death over here. He's got Cole Komet versus Tyler Conklin for, for Keelan. James will probably ultimately switch to Evan Ingram, but either way, it's not something that you're excited about week to week. Um, if only you knew somebody who had an extra tight end in uh, Dallas Goddard <coughs> to come trade. <coughs> Um, but yeah, I definitely give the advantage here to Keelan here with Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin didn't have a great, a great week last week, but he did still get six targets. The entire Minnesota offense just sucked last week, to be honest with you. So I would kind of write that off a little bit on that. So Tyler Conklin should definitely have the targets and should have a good week there. Then the flex position, this is where it gets a little dicey for Keelan. He's got Antonio Brown and AJ Brown the two Browns, but A.J. Brown might be healthy. He might not. A.J. Brown is against Jacksonville, so if he comes back, it's a great matchup. Uh, Antonio Brown against Miami. Two good matchups there, but then uh, James has Robbie Anderson and Hollywood Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Again, Hollywood Brown against Indy, and he's he's got the interesting stack where any, any catches that Hollywood Brown has – Lamar Jackson gets the points, so he's kind of siphoning a little bit of the advantage away from from Keelan on that side. And Robbie Anderson, if Christian McCaffrey doesn't play, should be more than fine. Uh, He saw a massive uptick in targets with Christian McCaffrey out last week, so we'll see if that ultimately continues with McCaffrey back in the game, or if McCaffrey misses, I definitely expect that to continue. So, I, on paper, think that it's closer. I know Keelan is projected 139 to 128 for James. I think that it could ultimately be a lot closer than that. Um, I think it's more 50-50, and I think that James will probably ultimately eke out the win in this one and go to 4-1. and one. 
All right, now the next game, we got Ken and Jim. So the 0-4 team versus the 1-3 team. Uh, too bad me and Jim aren't playing this week. The Battle of the Undefeateds continued to see if one of us could finally get a win. But to be honest with you, I'm kind of glad I'm not playing Jim. I know Jim is 0-4, but he has had some really bad breaks. Like, my team has been bad, and I've I've gotten a couple bad breaks. But Jim's team is legitimately good, and he's gotten good breaks. He's gotten bad breaks, right? So, um, yeah, I would like to postpone that matchup as long as possible if we could. So, in the quarterback position, we got Justin Herbert versus Matt Stafford. Now, this one is pretty close. Stafford against Seattle. um, Herbert against Cleveland. Cleveland's, like I said, front four have been absolutely dominant so far this year. So, Herbert might have to step it up and throw the ball quite a bit this week. So, I think it's closer to 50-50, but I think I give the slight edge to Matt Stafford in this matchup. Um, Herbert, still being so young, he can definitely make some mistakes, and that's what I would be afraid of if I was the Los Angeles Chargers. And now, that's pretty much all the... That's where the equalness of these rosters comes to an end. Um, The running backs, we got Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara versus Latavius Murray and James Robinson. Now, I will say... James Robinson has been very good for Ken so far this year, uh, but he is going against Tennessee. I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball as efficiently this week. Uh, Tennessee's had a very improved defense from what people thought it would be this year. And Saquon Barkley finally looks to be back to his old self. Alvin Kamara is not back to his old self because he's not getting any passes, but they are against Washington. Um, I think that it'll, they'll need to get him involved this week. And I don't think that after last week's loss... They where Alvin Kamara had zero targets. I don't think that's going to continue for very long. So I definitely give the advantage here to Jim in the running back position. Now wide receivers again, it's pretty heavy hitting for Jim's side. He's got Mike Evans going against Miami, DK Metcalf going against the Rams, um, where Ken has Adam Thielen going against Detroit and KJ Osborne also going against Detroit. Two wide receivers for the Minnesota Vikings. It's very sketchy. I mean, you could always swap in Jalen Waddle out of your flex, but again, if you're starting KJ Osborne, it's kind of a sketchy proposition in the first place. So whether it's in flex or starting wide receiver doesn't really matter. So um, again, definitely advantage goes to the, the gym side here. DK Metcalf is going to be against Jalen Ramsey, but those two... If there's anyone in the NFL that Jalen Ramsey is not able to just completely shut down, I think it's Hunter Renfro, and I don't know why, but Hunter Renfro just absolutely owns Jalen Ramsey every time they play, and then DK Metcalf is a lot more 50-50 than, than 100-0 like Jalen Ramsey normally does. Um, I think it's because DK is so big compared to Jalen. They're about the same size, but they're both very physical, so... DK can definitely be just fine in this matchup if Ramsey decides to shadow him the entire game. All right, now the tight end position. TJ Hawkinson for Jim versus uh, Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz has been surprisingly pretty good. Ryan, the uh, tight end number one for this team, Ryan. I don't care what the depth chart says, that Blake Jarwin was the number one. I told you Dalton Schultz was a good player and that he'd ultimately be the fantasy number one. Just going to victory lap that a little bit here. But TJ Hawkinson, I think that he's going to need to be involved in this game. They've been kind of game planning him out the last couple of weeks. And yeah, the offense has not been as good. So 
I think that they're going to find ways to get him involved this week and make him very productive where I think Dalton Schultz might struggle a little bit more in this game because the Giants have a good defense, but they're very good in they they have a very solid front four in linebacking core. Their their cornerbacks are their biggest weakness. So um, I think that's why Dalton Schultz might struggle. The linebackers are going to be very much improved in this matchup. All right, for the flex, we got Noah Fant for Ken and Jalen Waddell. It's a pretty good-looking flex. Jalen Waddell has been pretty good, but he is going against Tampa Bay, which makes me a little nervous. And then Noah Fant is going against Pittsburgh. Again, it's hard to say how Denver's going to do. With Drew Locke as the quarterback, that makes me a little nervous for Noah Fant. Um, I definitely liked him a lot more with Teddy Bridgewater as the starting quarterback. Uh, it, it, Noah Fant is literally boomer bust this week. I have no idea what to project for him because it all depends on what Drew Locke does in this game. Now, on the other side, we got Kenny Galladay for Jim and Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley, all right, he's against Kansas City. He should be more than fine in a full PPR setting. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Cole Beasley has like 19 points. He gets like eight catches for 50 yards and a touchdown or something like that. Um, So, yeah, we'll see how that ultimately shakes out. But, yeah, I think Cole Beasley is perfectly fine. And then Kenny Galladay, he started the season a little banged up. He's slowly getting more and more healthy. So, I think he's a solid play, and I hope him and Danny Dimes have a massive comeback week this week, and he shows everybody up. That's what I need. You know, he, I, I, all I'm asking for, Danny, is three rushing touchdowns and maybe five passing touchdowns. That's that's all I want. It's not asking too much. So, you know, two of them can go to Kenny. It's, it's fine. I don't mind. So, share the love. All right, in the next matchup, going into the fourth matchup of the week, we have the two office buddies, uh, wall buddies, you know, whoever wins and loses this game could definitely be having a long week next week. So we'll see how that ultimately goes. But we have Braden versus Ryan and Ryan just got to remember Braden's dad owns the company. So if you beat him, he might fire you. Just keep that in the back of your mind this whole time. So just saying, don't, don't take off Kurt. So Braden, use that to your advantage. Uh, that's the only piece of advice I can give you in this matchup because you are the heavy underdog. So good luck, sir. Um, quarterback position, we got Matt Ryan for Braden uh, versus Kyler Murray for Ryan. Yeah, Kyler Murray's just been playing on fire. Matt Ryan has been looking better the last couple weeks. They started absolutely terribly to start the season, but yeah, he's been looking a lot better. And it, it helps that they are against the Jets this week. So um, it's a London game. It's at 930, just FYI. So everybody out there, Sunday morning football, something to look forward to. Definitely give the advantage, though, to Kyler Murray. Um, running backs, we got Kareem Hunt and Austin Eckler for Braden. Kareem Hunt has been extremely good so far this year, and Austin Eckler is just a stud. He's he's always going to be a stud. Um, but yeah, Kareem Hunt, 17-6, He's being very much utilized more he's more efficient than Nick Chubb so far throughout the season so definitely think that this is closer on paper but we got Nick Chubb versus Kareem Hunt talk about ironic which Cleveland running back do you think is going to be more productive and it's against the Chargers who have been a very good defense this year so I think I give the advantage there to Kareem Hunt and Derrick Henry versus Austin Eckler Um, Henry's against Jacksonville so yeah definite advantage there just hope he stays under 50 for you this week Braden because uh yeah Good luck there. Um, Derrick Henry just seems to own the Jaguars every time they play. 
I think what did he have the 400 yards and four touchdowns or 250 yards and four touchdowns or whatever it was a couple of years ago. Like he just absolutely owns the Jaguars. So uh, you might be in a little bit of trouble there. So um, probably give the slight edge in the running back position to Ryan in this game. Now wide receiver, definite advantage to Ryan in this game. He's got Devontae Adams against Cincinnati. Yeah, that's terrifying. And then DJ Moore against Philly, uh, or sorry, yeah, Philly, not Pittsburgh. What am I thinking? Uh, wrong, wrong Pennsylvania team there. But yeah, Philly, their defense, their corners have been okay. They're not the greatest in the world. So it all depends if Christian McCaffrey's back. I think that might limit DJ Moore's upside a little bit in this game uh, because D, uh, because Christian McCaffrey just gets so many targets, but. Yeah, if Christian McCaffrey's out again, DJ Moore is going to eat like crazy. On the other side, we got Corey Davis and Christian Kirk for Braden. Definite weakness there. Um, needs a little bit of help there at the at the tight or the wide receiver position. Um, Christian Kirk might be good. He might be bad. It's hard to tell with the Arizona Cardinals right now. They run so many plays though, and they've been scoring so much. It might not matter. Um, I think everybody's kind of been producing a little bit on this team, so. Hopefully they can keep that up and Christian Kirk can have a fine week. And then Corey Davis against the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, Zach Wilson just seems to hyper-target him every time they're on the field together. So, yeah, that's a definite plug-and-play. You're going to get like 10 targets for him. And uh, even if he drops like six of them, it's there's a chance that he's going to get two touchdowns on four catches anyway. So, yeah, love that play of Corey Davis this week. Tight end, we got Travis Kelsey versus George Kittle. George Kittle, if he plays, I mean, I hate, everyone complains about Matt Nagy and how he likes to hide his moves. Kyle Shannon has the most, he's he's genuinely just kind of a dickhead when it comes to this stuff, and I know, language, blah, blah, blah. But, like, come on, man. He's inactive until Sunday morning when suddenly, oh, he's not going to play, he's got broken ribs or whatever it was, and now, oh, suddenly he can play this week. It's like, come on, man, what are we doing here? Like, if you're a good coach, you can beat anybody. You don't have to hide who you're going to be starting this week. Like, just announce it like a normal freaking team and then just be a better team. Like, it doesn't have to be all smoke and mirrors with you every single week. It's just annoying. Goodness. But yeah, definitely give the uh, advantage there to Travis Kelsey. It is against Buffalo, but Travis Kelsey had a, a subpar week last week. I don't expect that to continue. Um, more often than not, I'm going to bet on Travis Kelsey in this matchup. Uh, a must win for the Chiefs. They're two and two, I think, or one and two, or one and three. I can't remember what the Chiefs' record is. I think they're two and two, but yeah, they are. I think still fourth place in their division. So they need to start picking it up if they want to make playoffs at this point. I know they're probably going to finish just fine, but still, you got to start winning some games. All right, so definite advantage there to Travis Kelsey, albeit a very minor one. Um, flex for Ryan, we got DeAndre Hopkins and Debo Samuel. Again, the Arizona Cardinals have been very, very good, so like everybody's been just fine, but when they have a bad week eventually, it's going to come eventually. It's just hard to say who's going to be the one that eats. I'm guessing it'll probably be DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think his targets are going anywhere, but yeah. It does make me a little nervous on the fact that they have been just so dominant early in the year. What's it going to look like when they aren't as dominant going forward? And then Debo, 
is just a stud. I love Debo. Um, I've always rooted for Debo. I love this kid. So definite advantage there. He's going against Jameson Crowder for Braden. That's not very close to me. It, I guess it depends if Trey Lance is the starter. That could ultimately hurt Debo's ceiling a little bit just because Trey Lance is a rookie, but we'll see how that shakes out this week. I guess we'll find out probably like Sunday morning because Kyle Shanahan's such a great coach that he has to hide all of his moves until the very last second. So, you know, totally, totally going to wait till Sunday morning to find out who the starting quarterback for this team is. Um, then we got Mark Andrews is Braden's last flex in this matchup. And that's kind of interesting. It's a Monday night game. Mark Andrews can be very good, but then he can also disappear at times. So that's also kind of concerning. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting option. When you have two great options like that with with Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, when they hit, it definitely looks a lot better. And I know uh, Braden did just lose DJ Chark, so that hurts. And then Juju Smith-Schuster has been absolutely terrible this year. So he's he's gotten a little bit of a bad break there at his wide receivers. So it definitely hurts his flex a little bit there as well. Now, the last matchup of the week is a heavy, heavy hitter matchup, and that is Eric versus Dan. Both of them are projected pretty highly. I think both of them are projected to beat me, which is a great sign for my my awesome, awesome team. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. Um, but yeah, both teams are projected to smash me. Uh, but Dan is projected to smash Eric, so that makes me feel a little bit better, I guess. But I'm pulling for you, Eric, I guess. I know you were the runner-up last year, but I'm just tired of Dan and Eric, or Dan and uh, Ryan winning, so we'll see if you can pull out the win. Josh Allen against Kansas City. That should be a plus matchup on paper. Um, Josh Allen always seems to struggle a little bit against Kansas City, so we'll see there. But then Russell Wilson against the Rams for Dan. The Rams have good weeks. Their defense is definitely not as dominant as it was last year. I think Brandon Staley is a legit coach, by the way. Like, um, he's the new ch- head coach for the for the Chargers. Came over as from the defensive coordinator of the Rams last year, and everywhere that guy goes, teams just seem to excel. I really think he was kind of the key to the Rams' defense last year. So the fact that they're taking a step back this year is not as surprising to me, I guess. Um, so on paper, I definitely give the advantage though to Josh Allen. He's just a stud with his legs. He could have two rushing touchdowns again, um, this week. So yeah, definite advantage there. Uh, running backs, we got Josh Jacobs and Antonio Gibson for Eric versus Daryl Henderson and Zeke for Dan. Zeke has been extremely good the last couple weeks, but I think this matchup might see a little bit of a regression in his productivity. Um, the Giants have a very good linebacking core and front four, like I talked about earlier. They are very good at stopping the run. So um, I think the Giants are going to be able to contain Zeke and make uh, make Dak have to win on the outside, which that's why I love C.D. Lamb this week a little bit more. I think that's where they'll excel in this matchup. And then Daryl Henderson... If he plays, he's great. If he doesn't play and he gets injured halfway through the game, then he's going to screw you. So that's kind of how Henderson goes week to week. Um, if he can stay healthy and finish a game, then he's he's going to do well for fantasy. So I guess we'll just ultimately find out how he goes. But yeah, on paper, it should be fine. Josh Jacobs, though, on the other side for versus Chicago. And then Antonio Gibson versus New Orleans. 
That scares me a little bit. I know Saquon just went off last week, but Saquon had a lot of catches and they are not using Antonio Gibson in the passing game like I thought they would preseason. That's got the that's got to be the most disappointing thing. I've been heavily invested in Antonio Gibson this offseason. I got him like almost everywhere and uh he's just been a kind of a disappointment this year just because they're not using him in the passing game as much as I thought they would. Josh Jacobs, if he can be healthy, I think he'll be fine. I just don't know if if last week he was fully healthy against the Chargers. And Chicago is a little bit of a better matchup, but again, if he's healthy, I think that he's just fine. Now, wide receivers, we got Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs for Dan. Um, Diggs, again, these two are playing off against each other, actually. And we got Amari Cooper versus Brandon Cooks. Um, or not versus, they're not playing each other, but Amari Cooper and Brandon Cooks for Eric as his starting wide receivers on that side. I do like Amari Cooper quite a bit in this matchup. Um, He's still been Dak's go-to guy in the passing game. And again, like I keep saying, the New York Giants, they're weak on the outside, strong on the inside. So I think Amari Cooper could have like 12 targets and 10 catches in this game. So he should be just fine. Um, if he puts up a 40, it's a battle of the, which wide receiver puts up 40 points in this matchup, Amari or Tyreek and then Brandon Cooks versus Stephon Diggs. I think that's pretty solid on both sides. Um, Cooks against New England, our defense is pretty good, but it all depends if Tyrod Taylor's back. I mean, Davis Mills does not give me a ton of confidence in this team and it makes Brandon Cooks a little, a little nerve wracking in that aspect. Tight end, we got Darren Waller for Eric. I think that's a definite advantage versus Mike Gusecki for uh, Dan. Gusecki with uh, Jacoby Brissett is perfectly fine for fantasy. They are going against Tampa Bay. They might need Gusecki to uh, to block a little bit more. But yeah, as long as Jacoby Brissett is the starting quarterback, Mike Gusecki is going to be just fine. And then Darren Waller, he's been a little inconsistent this year, but... Again, I still think that the talent is just so high, and he's such a heavy part of this game plan that I still give the advantage here to Darren Waller for sure. Then the flex, this is where it's a little scary for for Eric. Um, we'll see who he ultimately chooses. I doubt he's going to go with Sammy Watkins. I, he might, I guess, but um, he's got a few other options on his bench. Just looking through here, I mean, you could always go Randall Cobb or Brandon Ayuk. But it's not the most confidence-building start right there if you have to go with Sammy Watkins or one of those other guys. So um, it definitely gives him a little bit of a handicap right there. But Mike Williams, he had a down week last week. Everyone's going to say that the wheels are coming off. But I actually watched that whole game. He had quite a few targets in that game, and they were just slightly overthrown balls. Um, Him and, and Justin Herbert just weren't connecting as well last week. And I think that this week he'll be just fine in that aspect. Again, Cleveland is very, very strong up front. They're a little weaker on the outside. Their defense is solid, though, all around. Uh, I don't think that there's a massive hole in their secondary, but I would say of their defense, the weakest part is the secondary. So, um, yeah, him and Sammy Watkins versus Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup for Dan. That's just disgusting. I mean, goodness, Dan's flexing all over Eric by starting Cooper Cup and his flex right now. Um, as the Thursday night game. He's not even putting him in his wide receiver spot. So that's just downright disrespectful. And then, yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup has been just so disgusting this year. And he's going against Seattle, who have like no defensive corners to speak of. 
then you got Justin Jefferson going against Detroit. So, yeah, that's not absolutely just disgusting either. So, yeah, good luck there. I definitely give the advantage at flex to Dan in this one. But if anybody can win this one, Eric, it's you and Ryan. And I don't want Ryan to win. So I'm pulling for you. I'm pulling for you. And I'm pulling for Dan and Ryan to lose. Please, guys, just start beating these guys. I'm, I know it's a David versus Goliath situation every week when they put up like 200 points, but we just got to be better. As a league, we just have to be better than Dan and Ryan. So, all right, that's all I had for this week. Again, my team is trash. Uh, we're going to be working some things out. Hopefully, we can uh, we can rally this week. You know, our training's going to start kicking in. We got rid of the curse in Baker Mayfield. I'm, I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling better days ahead as we move forward. So, we'll see how it shakes out. Good luck, everybody, this week, and have a good night. <laughs>